my fireside and friends who are tuning in today. Thank you for having me. When Andy asked me about preaching and during, and, and during our conversation, one thing that jumped out at me was that he said some of our people are still bothered or struggling with Ellie's passing. Naturally, that makes sense. How can God take a little girl away so soon? It was just too soon. So I titled this sermon, When God Doesn't Make Sense. So that happening with Ellie, the Bauer family, and Fireside family, it was painful. It was a journey that we all hoped and prayed for a different outcome. And not just in their circumstance, there are numerous of faith-filled prayers that seemed unanswered or didn't receive the answer we prayed and sought for. Like people losing loved ones due to COVID or because of the pandemic, marriages and relationships are strained or torn apart during these trying times, job loss, financial burdens are getting heavier. Some of us are asking, oh Lord, do you even hear our prayers? Do you see what's going on down here? Father God, when something terrible happens and we don't see God intervene, we sometimes wonder whether he's really there at all. But in the Bible, it shows that we're not alone. You see, John the Baptist and Mary Martha experienced a time when God seemed inattentive, late, silent. See, with John, a prophet who was an Elijah type, blood related to Jesus, a messenger of God paving the way for the Messiah, and then Mary and Martha and their brother, they were very good friends and devout followers of Jesus. Shoot, Jesus was over their house, chilling. He was eating, teaching, teaching, sharing stories, laughing, man. He was messing with Martha, saying, Martha, leave Mary alone. In both incidents, he did not show up the way they expected. It didn't make sense to them. How many of us can relate to that feeling where it seemed God was late or just didn't show up at all the way we wanted him to? In Corinthians, this says, God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. Okay, where were you, Lord? Where were you when John the Baptist was executed for pleasure? Where were you when the one you loved died? Where is the comfort in that? You know, when I think of the word comfort, I think of that good old home-cooked meal when your spouse or, your, or someone makes that comfort food that you love. You know, it makes me feel good in my tummy. Or, or, or that worn-in pajama pants or, or shirt. It feels so good, familiar, soft, makes you warm inside. Huh? That's what I think of that word comfort. You know, uh, soft, making me feel good, you know, safe. But in, but in actuality, the word comfort morphed into this soft, warm feeling. Uh, 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 well, well, the comfort morphed into this soft, warm feeling of physical ease. You know how your comfort level should be, right? But the true meaning, the root word for comfort means together strength, right? Come for together and fort for strength, 
comfort, together strength. See, God's presence is our strength. Emmanuel, God with us. Having the knowledge that he is with us is comfort in itself. Yahweh, creator of all that we see and don't see, almighty God. But it's when these unfortunate things happen, it doesn't seem like he is with us because it happened. For he's the only one that could make it not happen or make it right, you know? Like, I mean, he's all-powerful, all-powerful God. What's up with that? What's the deal? See, these type of questions are legitimate, but we are looking at the situation from the flesh side of things, not the eternal. You know, and this happens to all of us. It even happens to the best of us. For example, John the Baptist. See, his story that you can find in the Gospels of Matt and Mark, uh, Matthew and Mark, John the Baptist had some doubts whether or not God is who he says he is. John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, who is famous for preaching about the coming of Jesus and proclaiming that he wasn't even worthy of lacing up Jesus' dirty sandals. And then later, John ended up wrongly imprisoned after spending his whole life for God. In fact, he was, in, he was put in prison for preaching God's truth. John sent the message to Jesus, and John sent the message to Jesus. Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? John was clearly having second thoughts from prison, right? John was wanting to be sure that Jesus was truly the Savior that he made him out to be. But I also believe maybe John was wondering if Jesus would be the right one, uh, would be the one to, to come see him and break him out of prison, right? I mean, it's Jesus' cousin. I mean, he paved the way for Jesus, you know? Like, like, people wouldn't even know you were coming at that time if not for John. That was a fair question from John, right? He was in his feelings, He's human. We all could be easily be in our feelings. Look what I've done for you, Lord. I served mightily. I fasted. I prayed. I did all of this. So Jesus' response to John was this. He states, this is Jesus saying, John the Baptist, he is the greatest human to ever live. And then Jesus pointed out to some of the miracles that he had done, that Jesus has done, right? Blind now see, the lame walks, the lepers are cured. Shoot, he even turned water into wine. And they're having a party without John while he's stuck in prison. Mm. And then Jesus finished with, um, then Jesus finished with, at Matthew eleven six is where you can find this verse. It says, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. It's as if Jesus said, look, John, I'm the savior, but don't miss your blessing by getting ticked off at me for not saving you from prison. Do not let the seed of bitterness, the seed of hatred, the seed of hopelessness take root in your heart. Trust 
God. See, that is such a tough answer to receive from a hard place. Proverbs 19.21, this is the Amplified Version. This verse may help clarify what Christ is trying to say. It says, many plans are in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Another another way that Amplified said is, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that be carried out. John the Baptist's mission was to be the messenger who paved the way for the Messiah. God's purpose was carried out. See, we pray, we have faith, we live for God, but God's answer may not be what we expected. When God doesn't make sense, it might just be the time to trust him the most. Trust his purpose, his character, his goodness, for he is always good, only good, nothing but good. We don't have to understand a plan to trust that God has one. See, just because he is silent doesn't mean he's absent. Just because we don't hear him doesn't mean he doesn't hear us. Just because we don't feel him doesn't mean he's not with us. We have this worldview of God that he serves us. It's all about us living this better, luxurious life, huh? which is a false lie from the enemy. It's not according to our plan, but it's his plan and his purpose. For it's his will his way, for he is Yahweh. Romans 8.28 says, God will work all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. Huh? Yeah, his purpose for them. I feel this whole statement that I was just saying. I feel it because in my early 20s, I got into some big trouble with the law before knowing Christ. And because of my actions, I had to spend some time in prison. Before getting convicted in my two and a half year trial period, I gave my life to Christ. I went all in, straight up, praying, fasting, tithing, street preaching, serving God wholeheartedly. Six months, six months before going in, I was blessed to marry my awesome best friend, Tara, who knowingly and willingly chose to do, to do that time with me. Now, that's a ride to die woman, for real. People closest to us thought we were crazy. More her, because she now is redirecting her whole life in an outrageous way. But the thing is, she knew me. She saw the real person I was. God allowed her to see me the way God saw me. That was special for us. When I first gave my life to Christ, my plan was if I did all of these things for God, maybe he will have the judge give me a slap on the wrist, maybe get probation, and I can just go on living for God on the streets. But God is not mocked. 
I reaped what I sowed, and I sowed into a fast lifestyle that landed me five years in prison. Few months before getting convicted, I prayed hard, cried hard for me not to go in. But in my heart, it came to me that I was going in. And in that very moment, God gave me a sense of peace that surpassed all understanding. And I went in with an anointing of purpose to serve him while I was in prison. And God used me mightily in there. But today, there are times I look back and be like, man, Lord, you really let me go through that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I learned. I learned a lot about him. I, I grew in God's I grew in God in ways I don't think could ever happen if I never went in, but I got in trouble for selling a drug that is now medically accepted. And now there are lines out the door for recreational use of marijuana. I'm like, dang, it's like the enemy is like picking at my wounds. Like, jeez. Recently, a brother in Christ just asked me like, how do you feel about all that? <laughs> I'm like, man, truthfully, at times it hurt. I ain't gonna lie, it hurt. It was a long time to be in for something that is now legal. But my faith, my reliance, my passion for Christ would not be at a level it is now. For me, the Tara and I planned on a shorter sentence didn't happen. We plan on having kids when I got released didn't happen. But but what happened was having two miscarriages, diagnosed with uterine cancer, but beat it, glory to God, hallelujah, and still waiting on a four and a half year adoption for our baby girl, Juju, who, who lives in Haiti. God's plan was different from ours. God's plan was that we'll be working with kids when I was released. God allowed us to fully give our all by his grace to the youth ministry and families and children he put in our lives to shower love upon. And then in that we both was we both was yearning to give to our own kids. So we showered this, this all this love so that because because we just wanted to we wanted kids. And so because we didn't have it, we showered unto our families, children in the youth ministry. Both, both of us not growing up with the father figure, low income, struggling with, struggling and fighting for what we had, not taking away from our moms. They are super moms, but they couldn't only do so much. God used our past lack and pain by faith to fully give ourselves serving others in dark places. His grace was our strength. His grace was sufficient for us, even through our pain. Because even in our pain, God still loves us the same. Church, we don't ever want to try to understand the goodness of God through the trials and circumstance. Instead, we understand our trial through the goodness of God. Our faith is not in our plan, but our faith is in his purpose. 
God does not God does not always intend bad or hardship for us, but he will use those hardships for us to know him more. And that's what the kingdom of God is uh, is all, is is about, to know him personally and eternally. You see God will heal our pain and wounds in time, and they will become scars, and those scars will always be there. But I believe that looking at those scars will remind us where we were at. Where we were at with him. What he has brought us through and where he has brought us from. The pain in death of loved ones or through the realization of shattered dreams. It's hard to see God's purpose. Because in comparison, our other, our other pain seems treatable, preventable, repairable, or at the very least, tolerable. We can, we can experience a deep disappointment of God's ways. God, how can you let this happen? Do you even care? Losing loved ones, especially when the finality is realized, it's a very long process to heal from. But the situation itself could at times be God's strength for us. Thinking back to, to what we just learned about the word comfort, not the soft one. I'm talking about as together strength. If God's comfort is his strong company, then a difficult situation can be something we face with the powerful and loving comfort of God's presence. We may not understand it or like his plan, but his purpose will be fulfilled. Mary and Martha didn't understand why Jesus didn't come the time they called for him and saved their brother who, who he loved. Jesus was a day a, Jesus was a day travel away from them. He could have easily made it to him. Instead, he stayed preaching, healing, teaching for a few more days. When he finally arrived to where Mary and Martha was, Lazarus had passed. It's been 4 days, and Mary and Martha had been grieving alone without Jesus. 4 days. And when Jesus finally made it, Mary stayed home and Martha, Martha, the type A, went to meet with Jesus to let him know the business, that he was late. You could have saved my brother. You see, when we're hurt, we will let him know. I remember, I remember in the celebration for Ellie, Andy saying that God and him will be wrestling about this situation. Jesus called for Mary, who came weeping. And Jesus' response to Mary and Martha, which is a very powerful scripture in the Bible. It says that I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Then, when Mary wept, Jesus wept. Jesus' tears 
paints a picture of God, of a God who hurts when we hurt, but also a God who hurts because we hurt. He is not the origin of death and separation. Sin is. Jesus says, I was not sent here to do my will, but the will of my Father. His purpose was to look death in the eye, and he conquered it for us. He understands better than we the true effects of death in the world and life that he created for us. So just because he doesn't stop pain from happening to Jesus or to us doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt him too. He walks with us in our pain. His presence is our strength when we are weak. He is what makes us strong. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is what makes us strong. For my conclusion, when Jesus wept, that was not the end, but just the beginning. It was just the beginning. He mightily called out with an authoritative voice, Lazarus, come out of the grave. A dead man walks out all bandaged up, right? Jesus tells the people to unwrap him. Let him go. Let him loose in Jesus' name. See, what I see here is Jesus, our Savior, who by God's plan his purpose died for the world that whoever believe will have eternal life. See, he is calling the church. He is calling the body of believers, his children, individually, by name, out from the grave. He is calling us out from pain, despair, loneliness, hurt, darkness, anxiousness, tired, confusion, lost. It will be a process to unwrap those bandages that so that so be that so easily set us down, but we are not doing it alone. See, Jesus called on his people. We have each other to help us through the healing process. And we have in us, with us, the everlasting presence of the comforter together strength, giving us all we need in him. Together strength, baby. Together strength in Jesus' name. Fireside, together we will persevere and seek revival in this town, in our city, state, and in this country. God's purpose was not stopped, but will continue until every last soul that belongs to God is redeemed. Let's be ready and steadfast, prayer, no matter the circumstance. Let's keep telling our testimony. Let's keep praising our God of his awesome doing, for that is his will for us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. I love y'all. Pray that it speaks to you in Jesus' name.